that felled 15 million trees. While the nation mourned for its trees, I mourned for David. The following Monday, 500 billion US dollars were wiped off the Dow in a single day, and the London Stock Exchange followed suit. The nation mourned for its bank balance, and I mourned for David. In the wake of these more material disasters, it was as though David's death had been downgraded. Just one more tree destroyed. Just one more share plummeting. David dead. Driving back down the M1 from Birmingham at midnight, after spending the day looking at potential warehouses for our burgeoning business, and having dined with one of the landlords, David skidded out of control, went hurtling into the crash barrier, overturned, and ended upside down facing the oncoming traffic. There was oil on the road. It was the oil that caused the skid. When the car finally came to a halt, it blew up, blowing David up with it. There was nothing much left to identify. The great storm that followed was merely a soundtrack to my grief, a symphony of pain and anger conjured up by vengeful gods, as if they hadn't already created enough havoc. Huddled under the covers with my uncomprehending children, six-year-old Melissa and Charlie, three, not yet out of nighttime nappies. The roar of the wind drowned out the sound of my sobs. This way. This way. Come and get me, I wanted to cry. I longed for a tree to come crashing through my window and annihilate me, all of us. If only we could all go together, be together again with David. But we couldn't. I had to save myself for my children. From the moment it happened, I was in no doubt. I knew I had to survive for them. It wasn't a choice. At the cemetery, where David was buried the day after Black Monday, trees on the perimeter had crashed onto gravestones, causing several to shatter and fragment. It added a grotesquely gothic dimension to the funeral. They've lost everything, I heard a former college friend of David's whisper. Did he mean us? Or some other family whose investments had gone up in smoke? Have you heard how many trees came down in queue? Some distant cousin of David's I'd never even met before, asked the woman standing next to her, who I also didn't recognise. A third. They're saying up to a third of all the trees, an absolute tragedy. The storm, the financial crash, David's death. It felt like the apocalypse had finally arrived. And in a way, for me, it had. When David died, I kind of shut up shop, sexually speaking, at least. The thing is, I lost him before I'd had the time to fall out of love with him. That's cynical, I know. But we live in cynical times. And I've seen more divorces than I've seen happy marriages. I'd met David only ten years earlier. Who's to say what I may have felt this much further down the line? As my friend Janet so succinctly put it of her own husband, Dom was great for about a decade. The last ten years he's been a total pain in the ass. And if it hadn't been for the kids, I'd have divorced him years ago. Think of all the happy memories I'd have had if he'd died instead of David. As the words came out of her mouth, her hand flew to cover it. Jesus, did I really say that? Am I really such an oaf? It's okay, Janet. 
is really okay, I replied. He's been dead so long, I can handle it now. Janet has been my best buddy since childhood. She's never put a foot wrong as far as friendship is concerned. Sweet, loyal, steady Janet. We met on the first day of starting school when we were five. She had a little beauty spot just above the corner of her mouth on the left-hand side. I had a matching one to the right of my mouth. Her birthday was the day after mine. We decided we were twins, separated at birth, almost identical in height when we met. We seemed to grow at exactly the same pace as one another, and we both had dark brown hair, although mine was curly and hers straight. I never had to forgive Janet for saying or doing the wrong thing, because she never did anything to deliberately hurt me. But no one knows how to behave in the...